0: Over the past few years, millions of Americans have signed up for consumer DNA testing. It's an easy process that many hope will help them identify where their ancestors came from. But what it's also doing is legally, yet unknowingly, exposing users' genetic data to law enforcement agencies, possibly opening a Pandora's box of privacy. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today from Seattle is Bloomberg Healthcare reporter Kristen V. Brown, who recently reported on this for Bloomberg Businessweek, Thanks for doing this today, Kristen. You're welcome. So let's say I'm like millions of Americans who have signed up to pay for genetic testing. What are the companies I'm paying to do this and what am I looking for?
1: Right, so there are a few really big DNA testing companies right now and those are 23andMe, Ancestry, and MyHeritage. There's a lot of other companies entering the market it seems like almost every week, but those are the big ones. And people take these tests for really varied reasons. Some people are just like, hey, I want to know how Irish I actually am. Some people are interested in taking 23andMe's tests in particular because they want to find out about certain health things they might be at risk for. Um, 23andMe now has a test for cancer risk, for one. Uh, and other people are interested in connecting with family members, building out their family tree, you know, if they're adopted. Maybe they're looking for a birth parent. So there's a lot of reasons people might shell out the bucks to take one of these tests.
0: And is there any data that shows how many people have paid for this service to get their DNA uh, tested?
1: So, unfortunately, all of these companies are private at the moment. And the last time they released numbers, in most cases, was a while ago. So, the most up-to-date numbers we have are more than 15 million people have taken just Ancestry and 23 and knees test alone. Uh, but some recent reports have suggested that those numbers... Maybe much, much
0: larger. So, Kristen, this takes me into your reporting uh, that you did this week. And one offshoot from the growing popularity of these companies is that it's helping law enforcement agencies solve cold cases that might not have ever been solved without the DNA testing. What's the most notable example of that?
1: Um, the most notable crime that has so far been solved using genetic testing is a serial murder and rapist case from the 1970s and 80s in california his name was the golden state killer if you're from california you've probably heard of him he was a pretty big deal here uh last spring police used an open source genealogy database called GEDmatch to find familial matches to crime scene dna and once they had that they were able to sort of build out the family trees of the people who match this dna and eventually arrive at a suspect i should note uh, he has not been found guilty, he's just been charged, and the trial's ongoing. So that was the first case, and since then I think there have been well over two dozen crimes, uh, both cold cases and more recent cases that suspects have arrested.
0: But in the case of the Golden State Killer, it, it's not his DNA testing himself that was used, it was a distant relative of his, right?
1: Right. So this is the most interesting privacy piece of the genetic testing boom. Is don't have to share your DNA for your DNA to potentially be vulnerable. The Golden State Killer, as far as I know, was not a genealogy enthusiast. He did (laughs) not upload his data to GEDMATCH or 23andMe or any of these services. Police were able to find distant cousins, perhaps cousins he didn't even know he had, and use that to build out a family tree and figure out somebody on that family tree that matched other details that they knew about the suspect, like his age and about where he lived, things like that. So you don't have to share your data to be vulnerable to being identified by this data.
0: You'd think that the arrest of a serial killer um, would be a good thing. And it, and it was, but but the idea that millions of people's DNA is kind of up for grabs is um, it feels very Orwellian to me. So what should we be worried about now and what should we be worried about as this gets bigger and bigger
1: right so I mean I think that one important thing to consider is that when it comes to public health there is often a privacy trade off right in the course of investigation police often have to violate people's privacy to gather gather data but in most cases there's laws that govern how they can do that like actually in federal DNA databases right DNA databases that contain samples from criminals that law enforcement have collected, there's really specific rules about when they can use that data and how. But if police want to search for suspects in consumer databases, like Family Tree DNA Mm -hmm. or GedMatch, there are no rules. And I think that's the problem, is that there's nothing saying when it's appropriate to use this data and when it's not appropriate to use it.
0: So what... Is the fine print that I need to read or be aware of on GedMatch or Family Tree DNA um, when it comes to knowing how my DNA could be used?
1: So there's a lot of fine print on any of these websites, and I feel like if anybody read it, they probably <laughs> would think twice about taking one of these tests. Right? They disclose they disclose everything from you know you might find a family member you didn't expect to find to that law enforcement might you know, be snooping around the database to that in the future, they really can't predict how this information will be used, or how it might identify people, right? So the fine print, in I think every single company's terms of service says, we don't know the future. And I think that's the really terrifying thing is this information is so valuable, right? It's, It contains the code of who you are. It's inherently sensitive data, and we don't know what information we might be able to glean from it in the future. So if we don't protect this data now, who's to say how it might be used against us in the future?
0: So in your reporting, what do the experts warn about or what do the experts say should be done to combat against this?
1: Yeah, so... I think that the consensus is basically just like, we need some rules at this point, we can't put the, um, at this point, privacy is sort of dead, right? Enough people have already shared their information that because they can identify relatives, you know, that is sort of just the moment where we could protect people's data from being exposed in the first place is gone. So Genie's okay, out of the bottle. We, the genie, the privacy genie is out of the bottle, so we need rules in place to make sure that that data is used appropriately and only accessible to certain people in certain situations. So, takes on how to do that vary. One really interesting and sort of counterintuitive suggestion is that we just create a universal government-controlled DNA database that has everybody's DNA data in it and make sure that access to it is tightly regulated. And if you did that, you could also have DNA that's less identifying, right? Not the whole sort of array of data that you get when you take a 23andMe test, but smaller bits of data that would allow police to solve crimes, but not, you know, give them quite so much information about health or things like that.
0: It also feels to protect people's privacies that laws would have to be passed to to do this. So is that happening on the state or the federal level?
1: Right. So... The state of Maryland has a, uh, a bill that is currently being considered that would outright ban search of these databases by law enforcement. And Maryland has been a leader here. They actually also have a ban on so-called familial searches in the government-controlled databases, Um but they're the only state that is doing something about this particular problem at the moment. You I'm, you know, other states might follow them. California, for example, also has really strict rules governing the government databases. But at this point, Maryland is the only one sort of sticking their neck out, saying, we think this is a problem. Hmm. We need to do something about it.
0: You know, 10 years ago, it was cell phone data. Uh, now it's DNA testing, like you're reporting on. It seems like next would be... S- type of facial recognition uh that is the next private thing that we are freely going to be giving up to businesses and governments is that what we need to be concerned about is that we're openly doing this
1: right and i think i think that's a really important point you know we have a lesson to learn from the data that we gave up when smartphones first came along look at all the ways things like location data have been used and ways we mm-hmm. didn't anticipate ways that we're really uncomfortable with um, and, you know, the, the real thing is that genetic data or other biometric data like facial recognition, this stuff doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? It gets added to all the other data that we've shared, like, like Facebook data. And it becomes much more powerful when all this data is put together. And that's the real thing that's tricky is we keep giving out more data and allowing the amount of information that is out there about it to become more powerful. And we, we do it for, you know, reasons that don't necessarily add up to, is that we do it for reasons that don't necessarily justify the risk, right? Like finding out how Irish you are or wanting to use Facebook for free. All this data just gets added together to make a really, really powerful tool.
0: Kristen, thank you so much. You're welcome. Make sure to follow Kristen and her reporting on Twitter. She's at Kristen V. Brown. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.